I, I have never watched an episode of Frasier. It was always the thing when I was flicking through the channels, I'd be like, oh, that looks boring. Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant. A stinking mutant. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? This week, we're canceling Micromax. Why? Because he gives me the wrong vibes. My name's Nick, and with me as always <laughs> are Holly, Kiwi, and Janos. Hello. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, got me. Hello. <laughs> I thought of that on, like, last Monday, and I've just been sitting <laughs> on it. I've just been like... I hate Micromax, and I don't know why. I just like that every time he shows up, I'm like, why is he here? Get off the page. He does have bad vibes, you're right. Every time Micromax is on the page, people should be asking, why is he here? <laughs> get, get rid of him. <laughs> just shrink out of this else. frame, dude. Not sure I know who Micromax is. I'm trying to. Um, He was in Excalibur for a bit. Yeah, he's oh, trapped in okay. a tar. Great. Yeah, he was trapped in a jar. <laughs> Is the the like little guys in um in X Force this week? They're like based on him or something, are they? No, those were um introduced in X Men, um like at the Jonathan yeah. Hickman X Men run. They're the yeah. The, but I yeah. was thinking people inside other people. I thought maybe that the they like stole dolls, his 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 ex gene to do that or something. Oh, maybe I don't know. He's like, it, it, I just got to where he was introduced in the OG Excalibur. Oh, I see. An MI six agent, um, and he keeps like fucking up, um them trying to stop a ro- stop different robberies and then blaming them for fucking it up. Classic. So, pretty pretty fun guy. Pretty fun guy to invite to the party. I'm looking at images of like him from the original run and yeah, pretty bad vibes all around. I don't remember him being in the current stuff at all. <laughs> But if it was in Excalibur, so that would make sense. Consequential. I just like the only reason I remember him is because he's got bad vibes. 
I will remember him now. Apparently, he was like eligible to like the year Firestar was voted voted on the team. Like Firestar won the popular vote, and Micromax was like one of the candidates that you could have voted That's for. Wild. <laughs> It they, was uh, they the put candidates some on this. That, 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 <laughs> this is like such a weird lineup. Like the other ones are Armor, Avalanche, Bling! Exclamation mark. Um, Firestar 1, obviously. Then there's Gentle, Gorgon, Micromax, Penance, Siren, and Surge. I don't know who these last two are. Uh, um, Siren is Banshee's daughter. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. And Surge is Teresa. one of the Academy of X kids. Um, so she's like the generation after Quentin Quire. Is she, is she the one that I learned from Cerebro is racist, or yes, yeah. she is the one, one that you learned from Cerebro is racist? Because I was, I always just saw her and thought she had like really cool design, and then it was like, no, no. So she rooms with dust, and she hates everything about dust's culture. And I think they picked her <laughs> character to have that conflict because they wanted to write it, but they didn't want one of the white characters to have that conflict with dust. <laughs> that's that's like like I'm sure Classic. that no one would admit that or like count to it, but crazy. like subconsciously, you know, that's why that happened. This is such probably such a, still I mean, being written by white people, though. Imagine if oh, like yeah, fucking hundred percent. Imagine if Micromax had won this, won that one, and he'd be the one who is spying for Orcus now. Like he'd have gotten everything that Firestar is getting now. <laughs> He wouldn't have been in that goddamn jar. <laughs> he wouldn't have been in that jar. <laughs> Would have completely derailed that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so do we want to talk about the news? We've got the unlimited X-Men first look. And That's uh, Ultimate, Ultimate X-Men, yeah. Or, sorry, Ultimate X-Men Unlimited is something look. else. <laughs> Yes, Unlimited's the um, web exclusive series. Yeah, and Uncanny is um, another thing. Like, it's there's yeah. just so many of these uns. And then we have the X-Men Forever announcement. Those are the two big things. Yeah, I'm excited for X-Men Forever. I like Karen Gillan's writing. <laughs> yeah, X-Men Forever is... so it, cool, too. It seems the like it's yeah. simply... Four more issues of Immortal X-Men under a different name. Like, that's what it seems to be. Which is cool. Because we love Immortal X-Men. Yeah. So, sure, why not? Uh, uh, We thought he'd only have, like... Like, it would end with, like... Two more issues of Immortal, and then it's only gonna be Rise of the Powers of X, and then he's out. Um... So he he will still be out by like next summer, but there's gonna be four more issues in between. So and, yeah, I think uh, it's coming out like at the same time as Rise, yeah, it's coming basically. out when like there's gonna be two issues of Rise out or something. So it probably means they end, you know, within a couple of weeks of each other because yeah. it'll be a big finale. Yeah, he said in his newsletter it's, like, to Immortal what the, like, Death to the Eternals 
or Death to the Mutants mini was to Eternals within the AXE events. Like, here's the Eternals side of things, uh, and here's the continuation of the Eternals run. So, it's going to be the same thing. Who's drawing this? Uh, Luca Maresca. I I can't keep all of these Italians apart. I'm sorry. There are so many artists and, and writers, but like... That's the artist on Children of the Vault, so... Okay. Okay. Great. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, that's he's doing a great job on that book. Um, yeah. I, I also hope that this kind of means that um, the two other big books that are going to be going on at the same time. Get, well, I mean, we've seen the covers for those, so potentially we already know this, but that they'll focus on characters other than like the characters that are sixty plus years old, or I guess exactly <laughs> sixty years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then we also got the first look at uh, Peach Momoko's Ultimate X-Men. Yeah, this was at the end of the Ultimate Universe one-shot, which I don't know if all of us have read. I did. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was a little petty for me. Like, too many... um, proper nouns <laughs> or proper nouns running around, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like don't all mean anything once you've added them all together. <laughs> but it was fun. It's it's just like sci-fi bullshit instead of magic. I'm kind of curious time, about you know? how like that issue was like focusing on uh, on Tony Stark, Iron Lad, and uh, and Reed. In the Doom mask and uh, Thor. Who I right, forgot like... was Reed for the entire length of the issue <laughs> until the end. Because uh, I was just like, oh yeah, I guess Doom's on their side. I, for- I forget what was going on. Reed there. is Doom now. <laughs> or Reed yeah. is Doom God, over there. I think there. it would be so interesting if they just made Doom the good guy, though, and still had him kind of be Doom. <laughs> yeah. But there's got to be a Doom about somewhere, I mean, there might. Right? Yeah, there might be. Maybe yeah. Doom is going to be like... The I think Latervia is like a like Doom is a gonna become uh, Victor Von Doom is gonna become Mr. Fantastic. Why not? That seems like the kind of thing that Victor the, Von the Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm just kind of wondering because like the all the series were actually gonna like the for the launch series are gonna be uh, Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Black Panther, and Ultimate X Men. So none of none of those characters from this one shot. So I'm just kind of curious, like when when this story is how this story is supposed to be like picked up again. Like, is Hickman gonna write an Ultimates book? Is someone else gonna write it? I don't know. Like, it it, it would kind of be weird if Hickman didn't write it though. Well, presumably they're like the Ultimate Avengers, right? Like that's where. We're yeah, I mean, it was called Ultimates in the previous uh, in the previous. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The thing is, this this whole thing was originally meant to be like Donny Cates or something. So oh. it could be he, if if he's because he was in, yeah he had he, like a bad a accident or something yeah. yeah so he's been out of commission um maybe if he if he's able to come back he might and if he if he wants to you know um he might take over on ultimates or uh, I I don't know if he's gotten back to writing anything yet um, I don't think so because it seems like he was a bad. Like he, yeah, he wasn't lost. Lost quite a bit of memory, or like, or like he. I don't know. Yeah, it's it seems like a very 
bad time for him. Uh, so <laughs> if if he's up for it and coming back, I could see them giving it to him because it was originally meant to be for him. It's kind of interesting to wonder what the difference might have been, what what it would have looked like if it was him. Yeah. Um, whether it's like a similar plan or whether Hickman just completely changed it up. Um, I think that like status quo they've gotten to the in in this Ultimate Universe is very fun. Yeah. The idea of like we're just we gotta find all these people and who should have been heroes and like <laughs> tell them they should have been heroes and like try and sort it out. I think original X Men, which is coming out, may end up tying into Ultimate X Men because the tagline I, for I it is. What does the so? multiverse hold for Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Beast, and Angel? Find out in original X-Men. And it's like the um, preview images show Gene meeting up with a version of the original five in like a visual representation of the multiverse and like setting them on a mission of some sort. See, I, I feel like that's going to be some... No, I don't think... Thing. I mean, I'm looking at this, this does not have the vibe of what this Ultimate Universe is. That's fair, that's be. fair. Yeah. I think, I mean, I... I was just trying to be a brain genius, so... I would not like it, it if... <laughs> I would not like it if this tied into, because this is, this is Greg Land art. Um, it does not look good. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we're getting Peach Momoko. Like, yeah, I, I, I so hope good. this is just a 60th anniversary one shot thing. Because, um, yeah. yeah, the Peach Momoko, like, two pages are so fucking cool. Like, yeah, Peach Momoko's art is incredible. We get, like, this Jinji G- Ito pimple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I, I haven't actually read anything from Junji Ito, so I'm not sure how. Uh,. How much is like, you know, taking from him? But it's like I, I, I love this like mix of like cute manga art and like weird body horror stuff. Um, it's um, it's definitely not direct, but like in terms of like visual references yeah. for mundane things becoming body horror, like Junji Ito is this the sort of like go-to especially among manga like yeah body for a while yeah art and because this is like definitely within the realm of like like a a manga manga style um you got me saying it the british way of a manga (laughs) style uh yeah i got so used to saying manga at this point like junji ito just becomes the 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 quick touch point you know yeah. yeah, he's um, he's sort of he he's a he's a bit to like horror manga stuff, like what Stephen King is to like horror books. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I'm making the joke so no one in the comments does. Type of situation is where we are right now. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> I I didn't know that the other character there is the is Storm kind of in okay. that because uh, uh, it's like a. A variant cover she did a few months ago. Uh, I think the character is called Maystorm, but is she's talked about or said something about like 
she made up this character for a variant cover. It was meant to be like a a, a different version of Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like the champion's version of Storm. So like teen hero. Yeah. And uh, she was like, okay. And and then when I brought it up, everyone was happy for me to use this character in Ultimate X Men as well. Which cool. It's a yeah, really it's a really nice design. Yeah, I, I like it. Always happy to have more Storm, I guess. <laughs> It yeah. would be cool if there's two storms in the ultimate. Give me both of them. <laughs> I don't know we if have, I want two storms. We have thirty-eight Wolverines. <laughs> Give me two storms. I think I want this like ultimate universe to just be like self-contained, not tie into the mainline Marvel books in like any way. You know, like, not having to worry about what other titles are crossing into. Like, I think ideally it should be something where if you sit down, you only have to read these three series, maybe a fourth one, if there's going to be an ultimate. Uh, Because Marvel loves to do too many books. Yeah, I believe that was the intent of, like, the original Ultimate Universe was to do. And then it gets out of hand, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and also well, like they, they had a bad. good run, and they they only like they never actually had that many ongoing series. I think it was yeah. kind of just Ultimates, mm-hmm. um, X Spider-Man. Ultimate X Men, Ultimate Spider Man, and then I think there, there was like a Fantastic Four mini, but then he became yeah. like Reed became the maker at the end of that, so that was a big shakeup, and like. It took until, I think it took until Miles was around for them to actually cross over with the main universe. Yeah. Like, which was 150 issues in or something. Yeah. <laughs> and is a pretty good comic, from my recollection. So yeah, if, if they can manage to keep it self-contained this time as well, and just not give in to the temptation. <laughs> There's no way Hickman is going to write 150, like, Spider-Man issues. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's he's this is what he wants to do he's just like cashing in his check with marvel all of his cred staying with ultimate spider-man yeah. for the next 14 years i mean i guess he he is like a dad so he just like maybe he'll just really enjoy writing writing peter parker's writing a family comic <laughs> there was also a bit of uh Spider-Man stuff in Ultimate Universe because May Parker died in that big explosion at the end. Or whatever. Okay, I'm not sure I picked there's up on the, that. There's like the names going across on the news broadcast and uh, May Parker's there. Um, Norman Osborne and whatever his wife's name is. I, there are two Osbournes died. Norma Ar- Osborne. <laughs> Norman Norma. I, I, I'm not sure if that's right. Uh, it's definitely wrong. I don't know enough to dispute it. She she has not been a character in any other comic Norman I've read. Norman Osborne. Sharon, Sharon Osborne. Emily Osborne. Saw someone mention was like, oh, it will be interesting to see what a Harry Osborne who had, like, a mother and had, like, two parents for his whole life, whether that's, like, because, like, part of his whole character is his obsession with his father and, like, 
not having enough approval and Peter coming along and being a better son than than he was and all that yeah. nonsense. So um, there's already seeds being laid there for some stuff that could be interesting. I think there were some other names that were also of interest, but I don't remember them now. I was blinded by the Spider-Man content. <laughs> <laughs> if it keeps like being the three books, like, you know, I'll definitely keep following it. We'll see. Uh, I already all. made the decision to like not bother with gods um, until until it seems to like actually two. tie into like some some bigger stuff. Because uh, if if it keeps being like self-contained, I can just like read it when the trade is out and I get the complete story. That second issue was good, but like yeah, it's not world-shattering stuff. You need to get back to. <laughs> <laughs> um does that have we covered the news was that the news that's the news we've covered the news. The news. so yeah yeah there were some um, other covers revealed polaris is gonna be like wearing a magneto style helmet or some shit in in yeah. fall of x uh, they got me with that cover uh, i was yeah, like hell cool. yeah <laughs> it was really good i'm i'm currently a bit down with the state of jerry again. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> but maybe it'll put it together for fall. X-Force 46, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX. Mikhail's pocket dimension starts to fall apart as he fights with Colossus, and is fully destroyed when he is killed. Sage and Domino rescue the other members of X-Factor, and are able to escape. Back in the real world, Colossus believes that he should be punished for the things he did while controlled by Mikhail. I, I wrote X-Factor there. I, oops. <laughs> That's okay. The other members of I, X-Force. <laughs> the, I didn't even we have to look at the doc, and I, I would have known that this is going to have the shortest summary. Like, <laughs> It's just the, the battle rages. It's a cool fight scene, yeah. I, I want to talk about the cover very briefly. I really like the cover for this one. Um, it's... Look, I know they're brothers, but like... They they don't have to be pretend they're not brothers, and this is some good homoerotic imagery. <laughs> it's it's really uh, it's it's giving some of the like martyred things of 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 people. Like he's he's being like stabbed in the heart with a sword. He's like on his knees with his like muscular thighs and obscenely muscular biceps. Like all yeah, this the way is. Out. This is Daniel Acuna who did the cover, who I believe is gonna write the Chip Starsky like future Avengers thing, Avengers Twilight Ooh. or whatever it's gonna be called. Is it Twilight? Twilight sounds right. I think because so, because there's also like a Twilight something in the Jed McKay Avengers. I don't fucking know, but yeah, this this is the most like. Maybe the most annoying thing about X-Force to me is that the covers are constantly the best thing about them. Like, <laughs> the X-Force has the best covers. They're always so good. Yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't deserve it. I think they saved all the juice from the last, like, three or four books and put it all into this one, honestly. Did you like this one? <laughs> I Well, I mean, like, the battle scene is happening in this one. It's actually, like 
compelling and interesting a little bit more so than the the previous ones. I just think like maybe this battle should have been put in their faces more directly while they were doing this and like maybe they should have been fighting it over the last like three issues instead of just this one. Um I don't know. I don't know like how I would move things around. Maybe this is just like I I think it probably reads better as a a trade paperback for sure. Like it's being written for that and not the the month to month. I don't chill. I don't think this arc is going to read well. This arc is going to read, read well as a trade. Like I That's fair. I can't imagine buying the buying the X-Force trades at this point. Yeah. Um I I like this the relationship between Peter and Mikhail is really interesting. But, like, every time they are talking to each other, I don't think it's coming across the way it should, maybe? There's something off about it to me. Um, And then, like, I don't know. The fight scenes were cool. The art was really cool in this one. There's a lot of cool gore. That's... Those are are my my big takeaways. But, like, otherwise, yeah, the story is kind of... This arc's bland. I am... I I preferred the Colossus and Mikhail bits to the fight bits. I think that's partly just because, like, X-Force has good fight bits quite frequently. Um, yeah. E- even if it's not, like, with the, like, best... Like, there is often good art accompanying a good fight scene in X-Force. There, there is... Um, much more rarely the, like, definitive conclusion to a story um in in like Colossus and Mikhail's like discussion and argument and like because like this Colossus stuff has been going on for for the whole of X Force basically. Yeah. Um and it like actually like resolves he, he ripped that guy's heart out. Like. Yeah, he ripped that guy's heart <laughs> out. It has, like, consequences. It's not, like, sort of over in a second. It's, like... I, 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 really, I really enjoyed this as a conclusion to it, like, uh, uh, to, to Colossus's... I was going to say questline, storyline. Having Colossus turn between Steel and not Steel when he's, you know, angry and fighting at, like... It's a, it's a simple bit of, like, visual language there, but, like, it's effective. <laughs> Colossus's outfit is, like, so slutty um, for no reason, <laughs> but, like, this is, this is a natural consequence of just Colossus's outfit and it being designed for him being metal most of the time. Yeah. So I always appreciate when we do actually see him, like, in flesh form in his superhero outfit, because it's, like, a speedo and then, like, a wide-open shirt on the sides. It's something I'm, like, incapable of not noticing about Colossus. He, like... <laughs> <laughs> so that's good to me, and, and doesn't take away from, from the story. I like... I also like that we get to see his, his like, Saturn devouring his child-style painting of, of Mikhail eating him. Oh, I love that painting. That was so that was the best part of the last issue, the best page for sure. Um Deadpool shows up for like a page. I think that's the rule with Deadpool. They let him in each issue for a page. It needs to be here. Yeah, I 
I don't like when 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 Holly said you know that uh, that she doesn't care about like the fight. I just like you know I was just like flipping through these pages and it just really hit me that I do not enjoy this team. None of them give a shit about each other at this point, or at least it 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 feels like the team it, themselves, aside from Domino and Sage recently. Yeah, Domino and, like, and part Sage of it work. is because they're locked away. But, like, they haven't been doing anything with each other. And I don't think with who's left right now that, like, Quentin makes sense on the team. Even though I love Quentin, he doesn't have anything really going on with anyone. His arc is <laughs> yeah. Gene and Wolverine, and they've both left the team. And they haven't given him a chance to, like, interact with anyone else yet. Omega Red and Sage have an interesting relationship, I think. Um, and like Domino yeah. and Colossus have until this like betrayal. So I think maybe next issue we'll get some interesting stuff with them and their conversation about what they're going to do with him. Um, but I think like kind of the problem is the characters are being put on the back burner at the same time that the characters are being brought to the forefront because the, the, there isn't necessarily that much of a team dynamic as much as they all have like their own shit going on and they intersect. I think you've put that really well. Yeah. Or they're just characters that are sent on missions and they're there to be funny or cool, like Deadpool. And it's like I don't I I'm a, I'm over that at issue 47. We can we can be done with Deadpool <laughs> yeah. for a bit. He can, he can come back at the 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 next thing. The, the, or the um, thing after the, that. Yeah, but if, this, is, uh, this is the that people are only going to buy this book if Wolverine or Deadpool is in it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really over Omega Red at this point. Like, what is he contributing other than being large? <laughs> He's got like whip tentacles. I don't know. I never really understood why he joined the team. I I wouldn't have joined the team if I was Omega Red. He, this is Omega Red's face turn, but he he's a very quiet character that's, like, part of his deal. And then they're not giving him space on the page. He has literally just been a background character. He yeah, was, like, fucking dialogue. hunting down Wolverine throughout time or some shit in, like, Benjamin Purse's own event. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just chilling. Was like, he, was like a, he was like a whale for a bit. Um, I, oh, I, yeah. He was. That was cool. <laughs> Didn't ever feel him, like, actually doing a turn or anything. He's just here now. The idea of the face turn is really good, but, like, if if I had had, like, my, my like, carbonadium synthesizer that lets me live turned into a listening device inside my chest and used as a spy by Beast... I would not yeah, I'd be stick pissed. with the team. <laughs> I'm I'm out the second that like th- th- they tell me that I'm like okay. Clearly, well, I like, cannot isn't stay being here. on the team. Like his prison sentence too, to a certain degree. Like that's why he's not in the pit. Or I whatever. guess, but like at this point, nothing is keeping him. I'm like. They, they did that to him. He shouldn't get punished for it. <laughs> I mean, I guess he he didn't know when they were going into the caves that Krakoa was going to fall apart, and he's been locked up since then. So maybe that'll come up next issue. Like, we just haven't had the chance for that yet. To briefly 
zag back to what you were saying, Nick, with the, like, it feels like a lot of the characters, like, do technically, like, have relationships, but most of them are just, like, contained within their own little bubbles, like, having their own deal happen to them rather than it being an, a, like, more connected team book. That's sort of, like, literalized in these past few issues where, like, each character of the team is literally popped off into their own little bubble dimensions and tormented individually. Yeah, it's gonna make me real mad when ben- if Benjamin Percy pulls this off and all my my <laughs> all, all my anger is directed um, back at myself for not seeing it coming or whatever. <laughs> uh, Quentin does like a DreamWorks face at one point in the issue. Right. I mean, he's he's a body bag right now because he doesn't have powers, <laughs> so he's yeah, just like, true. and nobody knows that either. Um. I don't know why why Wolverine Laura Kinney is here. I she needs like, to be in, in a book right now. Yeah, because she's one of the Wolverines and the only one they're allowed to bench is Scout. Yeah, Scout. She Scout. does. She does uh, also a weird face when uh, Domino shows up and. Domino like shoots past her at the the bad guys, and she does a real like um, Captain America like smile. I don't know that it doesn't look right for her face or something. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just also like a lot of people involved in this team. Yeah, it is a big team, and writing a team and ensemble cast is is difficult. Like I think that we're yes we're yeah. seeing that in a few places right now. Like. That's kind of part of the issue with Realm a bit. Ugh, the characters aren't interacting in a way that, like, pushes them forward. They are not being active right now. The characters yeah. are all being pushed around. And I guess that is, like, the... Like, that is one of the consequences of war. Yeah, it just, I mean, it, it, all, it all always comes back to, uh, it should have ended in a different f- phase of Krakoa, um, or, like, yeah, should have, a part should have handed over the rain. downfall. Yeah, because, like, I think, I think one of the interesting things that worked about X-Force, like, in earlier phases of it was that, you know, when... If the, you know, in the classic sense of, like, you know, Fantastic Four is a family and uh, the Avengers are a club and the X-Men are are a class, uh, we have the X-Force here and this is, like, a workplace. Like, this is, this is a work relationship that everyone has with each other and it's... Uh, if there is something deeper, it is always, like, very restrained, because it's, like, mainly work. And I think it would, like, Beast as as a terrible boss, and, you know, Sage as the more sympathetic one, but with an alcohol problem. Uh, uh, but th- that, like, work relationship doesn't really work when there's, like, nothing they would be like working for at this point like with no Krakow like it's it just hasn't evolved past that which is fine but yeah when when the stakes are supposed to be personal it doesn't 
feel like anyone other than Colossus actually has a personal stake in this. Yeah, like this um, at the moment makes the most sense for Colossus and Sage. Uh, like I think Sage's story continues to work pretty well. Um, yeah, in, in yeah, this yeah. She's era. not the focal point of this issue, but she's been really good. Like yeah. across the board, I think I love Sage here. Yeah, I've really enjoyed Benjamin Percy Sage. Um, but the like because part of the tension is, as you said, you know, it's just like sort of the the work relationship. Like a lot of them are doing this as a job. They don't have like an inherent loyalty beyond the loyalty to like their job or their like government and part of the tension is like Sage who thinks this organization can be better and truly like believes in it and in part like ties her own potential for redemption to for the potential for redemption for X-Force it makes sense that even after the fall of Krakoa Sage would want it to continue because it's so closely tied to her personal struggles Everyone else could just leave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels like there's very little stopping people from just walking away if they wanted to. But they've all been locked up, so they haven't had the chance. That's what we're going to yeah. find out <laughs> next time. <laughs> we're, it's like Trial of Colossus or something, and then we're. Everyone's. Well, except they're all going to go fight Orcus, actually, because they have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's this team makes the least sense for staying together through like the Krakoan era of the X Cop groups, especially of like Legion of X, X Factor, and um them, X Force. I'm forgetting the yeah. the team we're fucking talking about. Um But they were locked up. They had to. So <laughs> Yeah. And so it's it is kind of like when you pull back an interesting way to to keep that dynamic going. Um I only have one other X Force thought though, and that's that uh when Sage electrocutes the guy, it looks cool. <laughs> I have one other thought, which is that I hate this shit with the chronicler, like these data pages in between where he's like <laughs> ruminates on what it is like to be a writer. Yeah, I don't care. I gotta, I'm, I'm never big on like oh the power of stories. Sometimes the data pages are kind of like um, what's that bird that was around that guy's neck? Albatross. Uh, the albatross. Yeah, that, it's an al- They're a bit of an albatross occasionally <laughs> because like they have become so much of a thing, especially for like the Krakoan era of X Men. But we don't always need them. Yeah, and I I know they're like there to like broaden the story while keeping things quick and within a budget uh <laughs> but at the same time like it, it, we don't always need them it's and the okay. funny thing is that it started out as a hickmanism because he was always doing these data pages in his previous work so he did it in like hoxbox and then it was like the aesthetic for the entire line of Xbox, and now Hickman isn't on here anymore, and from what I heard, Gods doesn't have data pages. No, it doesn't. Ultimate Invasion still does, but... Ultimate Invasion does, yeah. It's got plenty. Which (laughs) makes me think the ultimate 
series will also have them like as a thing. I don't I'm not sure. Like I I'm not sure if Ultimate Spider-Man is going to have them even. Like I, I think for Ultimate Invasion do. it made sense uh to have them. But yeah. I want um ideal ideal Ultimate Spider-Man issue 1 data page. This is really me just wanting something specific. <laughs> like it's it's like opening few pages data page and it's just an itemized receipt of their like groceries for the week and then you go <laughs> on to the next page <laughs> that's that's my ideal data page for ultimate spider-man it's just like a text a text conversation between like mary jane and peter about who's picking up the kids from like school yeah exactly that's that's what i want <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, you can do like some spider web stuff, I guess. With uh, I, with I'm data just pages. imagining the nightmare spider web data page that you have to keep turning the book <laughs> back and forth as you make your way through this maze of a web to read everything. Yeah, that's I I, I haven't said this when I uh, when I introed the or when I recommended it, but like I've been, I'm at the well final like two volumes of mind management and that is like genuinely a book that i had you have to keep because there's always like additional information like on the sides like in small letters that i think i stopped reading mind management because of that like i plan on going back to it (laughs) at some point but i was it does hurt my brain pretty quick (laughs) yeah it is it is uh on on one hand it yeah but then sometimes it comes back in like ways where I'm like, oh shit, okay, I, I guess I'm gonna have to keep reading these parts because it really paid off. Uh, but yeah, these these writer pages where he's like, here's a crass truth. As a younger man, I might have written for holier reasons, but as time passed, I wrote because this power enabled me to fill my cellar with the finest wines and to dine richly and travel widely and wreck marriages crash automobiles did my work suffer probably did i care not particularly but now now something has revived inside of me (laughs) that old passionate spark why do i write i write because lives hang in the balance i don't care about this character i don't care about his writerly struggles (laughs) i think it's cool when he is like writing the person to not shoot him as they have a gun (laughs) to his head yeah but like yeah i don't need him being like he comes across as a guy that's like a turf on Twitter. <laughs> Quentin Quire's voice was even more aggravating than I could have imagined. I'm like, okay not to hear his internal monologue so much. <laughs> his fucking five paragraphs about how strange it is to encounter Doctor Strange. It is. Uh, yes, that is name. his name. His, his Doctor be. Stephen Strange. You know what would be He's a weird one? guy. I'm just giving this idea out for free if anyone wants to use it in their comics someday. Make a comic about meeting Doctor Strange where he's just very bland. <laughs> they, they should Take call that. him Doctor Normal. That could be a line <laughs> that. Doctor Strange retires yeah. for the evening and watches Hawaii Five O. <laughs> that should be his ultimate version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Ultimate Stephen Strange just never becomes a wizard. Uh, 
but uh because like he he never even completes his medical degree he's just like <laughs> works as an accountant I have one more thing to say on the the X Force, and this is like I don't mean this disparagingly because I actually enjoy how it's pulled off, and f- for my sins, I enjoyed it when it happened in Star Wars as well. Um, Colossus is really Kylo running it up in this issue uh, when he's like, I I don't I don't want to, but I know what I have to do, and and then Mikhail's there like, yes, that's right, you have to do it. And you're like, I know I have to. It's, like, I don't have the strength to do it. <laughs> and then rips his heart out. He doesn't actually say I don't have the strength to do it, but it's 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 a real Kylo Ren esque moment and. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I, I I couldn't I couldn't help but think of Adam Driver's quivering face. Uh, Raylo, they read as siblings to me. Raylo do read as siblings. When the, in I that mean... movie, like when that scene is happening, it's not like there's no sexual tension there for me. It reminds me of when I was a kid, <laughs> and you're passing like your brother or sister in the hall, and I have a thousand brothers and sisters, so this is like happened a ton for me. You pass them in the hall. And they've just come out of the shower, and clearly they were hoping to not pass anyone in the hallway. <laughs> I I hate running into people when I'm just in a shower. I, I find it very hard to evaluate whether this is a satisfying conclusion to the years in the making, literally, like, Colossus arc, because, no, it isn't, like, I... I was not satisfied by it, but I also don't know if at this point you could have paid it off in any satisfying way if the journey has become so uh, tedious. Um, Like, I was just, like, reading this, and I was, okay, he rips out his heart. Okay, so I guess he just kills Mikhail, and the Chronicler is just like yeah I'm good it was interesting at first and it became really interesting for a bit when he was in the quiet council overall like as the only colossus story of Krakoa like of this entire like four year five year stretch of comics I don't know like if if I were a huge colossus I mean I like colossus fine but like if if I were approaching comics from like character fandom perspective and coming at it as a Colossus fan, I don't know if I would like this book. I feel like you would because you'd be like, hell yeah, this is he's finally getting his moment to shine. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're Kiwi. He shines coming out at that every way. issue. He's made of metal. Ah. <laughs> He, he is quite shiny, this. Alright, let's do X-Men. X-Men 28, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Joshua Cassara, colours by Marte Garcia. Uh, in an X-Men Unlimited arc, we don't really need to go over, uh, Sunfire rescued Redroot from an Orcus facility and destroyed their Blightsville f- factory. He's keeping her alive by allowing her to feed from his life force, or maybe he is being kept alive by it. I don't remember exactly which way. It's better, uh, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Apocalypse finds him dying in the wastelands of other Otherworld, where he heals him and uses blood to plant an Okara seed. And then they go off to X-Men Red. We'll get back to that. 
Uh, Firestar continues to sabotage Orcus, this time freeing Juggernaut and giving him intel to bring back to the X-Men. After the escape, the leaders of Orcus decide that Firestar has outlived her usefulness. Using this intel, Shadowcat and Miss Marvel head to Latervia to see what's up with Doom's X-Men and meet Wolverine on the ground. There's something weird going on here with the art. Like, this is, again, a different artist. And we, we talked about, like, art looking unfinished in previous issues. This is the first one where it's like, it looks really good for 15 pages, and then it suddenly becomes bad. <laughs> that, like, Sunfire in Otherworld stuff looks great. Yeah, that's right. the very start looks so good. The start looks so good. And it just, like, becomes worse as the issue goes. It's like they just, like, only completed, like, 70% of the issue. Like, Moira looks terrible on these last few pages. Uh, the Miss Marvel faces, like... Yeah, the Miss Marvel on page 16 yes. is wild. And face, also... Yeah, yeah and then the Moira on the next page. Darwin both look really weird. I don't know why it took until now to notice it, but I was just like, damn, Firestar's outfit rocks. The, like, <laughs> black star. The, like... Um, I don't know if she got a new one for Orcus, I assume so, but... I just didn't notice it in other issues, but it looks right. I still think her plot kind of sucks. Like, the bit here where she's, like, doing obvious sabotage and then being like, eh, you idiots, it was Mystique, obviously, <laughs> is pretty great. <laughs> then she's just, like, has to has a whisper conversation with Juggernaut in the middle of a fight. <laughs> and then is, like, I don't care if you kill me, I've already suffered enough. And then walks off crying. <laughs> It's just Spends like twenty five minutes much. this this close to Cyclops, nose to nose, tapping on his shoulder <laughs> in Morse code. Uh, you you know Cyclops has some like Morse code like shorthand. Oh that he, for sure. And he, he teaches everyone. it to all the X-Men. This was the worst bit of like Jerry Duggan like narration over explaining where it's like this panel where she's tapping the like text panel where it's like she was using Morse code in which you need to tap with your finger at short signals and long <laughs> signals signify different letters. Cyclops, of course, who was in the scouts, just as uh, Firestar understands this, but he doesn't let it show. Like, it just so over-explains the whole thing that you could have just, like, shown. Yeah, the, 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 the narration, um, not, not at its, not at its best. <laughs> It, yeah, I yeah, not summarize it there. It's, her words were harsh, but her touch was gentle. Come on, it kind it really overdoes it in the narration. I think I like the art throughout this issue. It's just that like it starts so much better than yeah. it finishes. That, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't notice the drop off honestly very much. I noticed the funny Miss Marvel face. Um, but I, I, the art throughout is, is very sick. Like, there are some, for sure, some, like, quicker panels. Yeah, Juggernaut crashing through wrong. the wall, like, Kool-Aid style is pretty cool. Uh, going through the fence and saying, <laughs> wahoo! I keep going back to those, like, opening pages, and especially the one where it's, like, the panel edges are all frosty, and there's, like, these, like, monstrous, like swirls of darkness 
around him. Like he appears to be like he's walking on tea. Um, and then apocalypse like turning up in a full page spread. I'm just like, damn, that's so good. And it's just like, I feel like I wouldn't have noticed that the rest of the issue was like less good comparatively if the yeah. start hadn't been so good. I feel I feel wrong criticizing it because like it's yeah, only if it had been the like, start is so strong. If it had been like in between <laughs> these like all the way through we would just have not, not remarked at the art at all. But uh Yeah, and I was like when I when I finished the issue I was like, huh, the art the art was kinda weird, but then rereading it I was like, no, it is really good at the start. It just ends on a really weird note. To me, the X-Men series, and I hope this changes when it goes into, like, the fall of the rise of the House of X, or I, I forget the name, because currently, like, it's, it's the glue. It's, it's the glue that's holding all these other plots that are going on together, like, as an issue. Like, we get the, we get here, we start with, like, the, like, the glue between X-Men Unlimited and X-Men Red, and we go on to, like, the Firestar glue, which is holding, like, the continued Orcus thread together and Juggernaut and Cyclops' stories, and then we move into, like, Doom's X-Men, which feels so out of nowhere to me, um, but... (laughs) I knew it was coming because I saw a clickbait article and I, I meant to send it to you all <laughs> like three, four weeks ago that was just like, um, get a look at Doctor Doom's new X-Men. First first look at Doctor Doom's new X-Men. And I was just like I clicked on it and I saw this this image at the end of the issue, I think. Or something very similar to it from the next issue. <laughs> they look cool. I would be more excited for Doom to show up. If, if this book hasn't been so mid recently, like I, I, Doctor Doom is so good, such a good character, Marvel's best villain, hands down. Mm-hmm. I want him to be like in a book that is like as good as him. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, Al Ewing did an incredible job writing him in uh, Venom, and Ryan North is doing great with him in the Fantastic Four. Uh book i'm not sure he can elevate what this is like unless doom is going to figure out majorly into the fall of the house of x uh but if he's just like a one-off like appearance for that one issue i don't know i've forgotten what iron man and emma frost did to phalong because because he he's don't think they did Nothing. anything. They just went in his brain and found out about oh, the Mysterium. They, fa- they found out about the Mysterium, okay. The, they okay. found out about the metal they already knew about. <laughs> yeah. They, they just took his memory the, of that evening, that's all. Okay, And okay, they found yeah. out about his backstory. And yes. Like, that's, that, that's why they did all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have another, like, lore question here, because it's... Maybe I was, I'm just really stupid, but... When it says here you're not in Europe at all, this is Latveria. Like I always assume Latveria is in Europe. Like that's such a European place name. I think that's like Doom considers himself to be separate or something. Like it's they they are in the continent of Europe, but they're not in the 
political like it's just a twist on lithuania right like the name <laughs> the, the, the doom voted for lat lat lexit lithuania plus transylvania and then you get latveria somehow yeah um i've just realized there was two like there is an, another little bit of the like narration that like i don't hate hate but like i do do dislike, which is just Firestar, she resisted and still she persists and stuff, and I was like, oh man come on I thought you were gonna say, because as I was scrolling through it I was like, oh it was also pretty bad, I know it's supposed to be a joke, but the X-Men had never been pushed so low as to fly commercial, so corny Shadow Cat had grown to death at landing without a parachute and swimming back up from the ground, you can just show that yeah. <laughs> Across the board, I'm liking this book still, but the things that are dragging it down for me are the over narration for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I miss Marvel getting her parachute stuck and then just doing stretchy legs is pretty fun. That's <laughs> cute. I, cute little she moment. could turn into a parachute. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't know if maybe that doesn't actually work, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but. I'm sure Mr. I'm also like has done it in the same universe a thousand and one times, you know? I feel like, I feel like you want to... Uh, easier to just trust a parachute that's, that's built for the job. <laughs> I'm going to do a complaint that we've done a million times already, but like this, this, <laughs> this really crystallized it for me again, like this parachute moment that uh, Miss Myra should have like become... A mutant, like either before this or after this, uh, because Miss Marvel being like a, just a member of the X Men in like a normal time, just doing normal X Men shit. That sounds great. Like this is a this is a great little like you know Miss Marvel on the X Men moment, but it's just so overshadowed and also like by by this fall of X being so short like it just feeling both rushed and overshadowed by more important plots like i just wish we we we, we had gotten like a regular ass miss marvel on the x-men books like after krakoa ends i'm not sure that's gonna be the case like I, she's gonna stay a mutant but i, I yeah i mean there isn't another series announced for miss marvel yeah. as far as i know so like it's gonna be, you know, this miniseries ends, and then it's probably gonna be another six months before they start another one, and it's yet again just dropping Miss Marvel when she's a very popular and good she's character. She's in theaters right now. She is in theaters right now, and they don't. They have a gimmick book for her. <laughs> like, why are they treating this character like that editorially? They she have the banner have for the Marvels, like, on the like cover on all of these. That's the issue right now. She's in a fucking movie theater right now. <laughs> She's yeah. on the screen. Well, I think the thing is that, like, movies just don't translate to comic sales. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. True. And they know I that. I know, I wish it was now. still the 90s, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and especially <laughs> Miss Marvel. It's so stupid, because uh, it makes it very easy for people to blame it on wokeness that now that they're making woke movies uh now that they diversify the mcu that's why people are not watching when it is like the very easy explanation is that 
people are not watching anymore because it's taken so long. Like, if they had, like, made Captain Marvel, like, in, like, before the first Avengers movie, if they had made a Captain Marvel solo movie, like, Captain Marvel would be a huge character. <laughs> like, she's the leader of the Avengers in the comic right now. I think she's known. I think people are, like... like she's certainly known now. I just think, like, people are fatigued with superhero movies in general, too. Like, it's not just a Marvel problem. Um, it's definitely a thing DC's going through. I mean, they're in the middle of a huge shake-up, though, so they got other shit at play as well. Yeah, and also Warner Brothers is just, like, being terrible right now. <laughs> being run by a bad man who... I mean, they're all bad men, but being run by a, a man who's easy to report on how bad he is yeah. and how his decisions are dumb and... Yeah, everything's I mean, at risk of being cut as a tax the, break. The stupid thing is that while I didn't like, I wasn't excited by any of the movies. Uh, what DC did for a while was like a pretty good approach of let's. But they were trying to have it both ways. Like they wanted to both do the Marvel uh, connected universe shit. But then also do, like, disconnected movies. Like, I think if they had just been like, no, we're not going to do it the Marvel way. We're just going to make movies that are loose and different, you know, not necessarily in a shared universe. Uh, and where that can be, like, weird and different. You know, that would have been, like, a good direction to keep going on. But then instead they had to, like, they just have, like, ended up having no Vision or... Uh, because Vision is a Marvel character. No, but they... <laughs> I don't know. And the other thing have, that is, like... They have white Vision. I don't know. I, I, I've said this, but, like, they should they should have just, like, ended the MCU with Endgame, give it a couple of years, start it fresh again, like, maybe once they have the X-Men, then just, like, introduce the mutants properly. Like, they have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four right now. They could have just clean the slate and yes brought out their two other biggest properties aside from the avengers yeah but like they want to tie it all together still like for the, whatever reason it's, the big it characters really from the movies at this point i think the big characters the from time. the avengers movies have retired like tony stark has died and captain america became joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just ended there. Do that. Um, I'm gonna veer us back to the comics. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh yeah, but... I have one last thing to say about the the movies. I think in comics, <laughs> continuity is a conversation, and in the movies, the movie, the general public, a movie going audience, isn't ready for the idea that everything <laughs> isn't yeah as neat in storytelling <laughs> as they want it to be. Um. And so I think I think once we get there, we'll have a better. If we're still doing these mass superhero movies, we might get a little more, a little more funk in there, a little more creativity. Yeah, we, we've we've got to you've got to prime people to the idea that you've just got to ignore bits that you don't like and hope that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pick and choose, folks. That's what we do here at Hated and Feared. <laughs> Whatever. Let's let's do. Uncanny Spider-Man, I guess. No, hold on, I have one thing to say. I have a positive <laughs> thing to say about X-Men. I have a positive thing to say about X-Men. Yeah, yeah, say it, say it, say it. I really like Kitty and Logan's conversation. Um, It's like, it's real short, but like, Jerry Tuckenwright's a really good 
Cape Pride. Like, it's it's literally two panels of dialogue. It's very effective dialogue. It communicates a lot about their relationships and thoughts and what they're willing and not willing to share with each other. And it does it very concisely and very well. And um, it's good. Yeah, if this were a reality show, like, Kitty is getting the best edit in the fall of X. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, she's coming off as, like, the best character across the board. And I think in X-Men ex- specifically, like, not including X-Men Red. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's or, not, I guess, Immortal. <laughs> it's not really an excuse, but... This, this, I think this run could have been good if, if it had been a bit more decompressed. This is another thing that we've said a lot, but like the highlighting the Kitty and Wolverine conversation is like another obvious moment where like if things were left room to breathe, maybe Jerry wouldn't need to do so much narration. And yeah, like this, this just feels like too, too disjointed because there's so many things we need to. We catch could up on. title it the episode It's Just Too Rushed every week. Yeah. We could. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, the, the, the caveat to that is that Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red and even Uncanny Spider-Man like, still manage to like be good yeah. <laughs> during these constraints. Pacing is like one of the hardest things to just get down. Yeah. When it comes to writing comic books and like serialized work like this, like I would, we would probably have be having very similar complaints about storytelling if we were watching like a week to week TV show. Right oh yeah, now, probably. Uh, I've been rewatching a bunch of Doctor Who, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that it doesn't so much have. Well, actually, it it ends up with like huge issues in pacing during Moffat's run, but like, yeah. um, you 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 do. The, the comparative week-to-week TV problem is that because you have a different writer basically every episode, things very episodes very wildly from, like, really good to just exceptionally mid or just trash. Yeah. Um, whereas at least, like, even comic books have, like, a big turnover in, like, writers and, like, issue themes, but, like... You know, for at least five issues, you're going to get a consistent version of a character. <laughs> There's that at least. No, I was just going to say, like, it's not the, it's not, it's not like it's, it's, it's like a two way street of the rushedness and the scale of it being too much. Like, uh, you know, Gillen and I mean, especially uh, for Lu, and because Krakoa is so like its own thing, mm. he gets the chance to like pace the story as he wants, basically. Yes. <laughs> With, like, setting up a new status quo and then getting to the other status quo within five issues for the entirety of mutant them, because X-Men is ever mutants now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a large task. Like, I feel... I'm not, fe- I'm not feeling, like, bad for Jerry Duggan because he's getting paid for this and he's doing at the same time other, like, creator-owned stuff that he seems to enjoy. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think in retrospect, people are going to be down on the Jerry Duggan run for reasons that are like, not necessarily his fault. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it just could, it could have been good, but it's, it doesn't seem to shape up to be that way. I mean, I think we're a little more critical than a lot of the X-Men audience. 
I don't know. I think there's also people who just like totally hate it. Like we're the centrists. That's on true. This one. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I haven't been on Twitter about it in a long time. I forgot about the fandom being awful for <laughs> large chunks of it. <laughs> I, I I did accidentally read a comment section about x men read this week and was just like, "Oh no, all these people are so stupid <laughs> yeah, when we first started this podcast, I was doing reading x spoilers like every re- week just to see like takes that would make me mad and now I'm like, no, nah, I'm not looking at that anymore, yeah." <laughs> Kind of Spider-Man 3 by Sidesporia art by Javier Pina Colors by Matt Miller um, Nightcrawler is still fighting against Orcus schemes in New York which is frustrating Nimrod and Vulture He and Silver, Stab- Silver Sable have started a secret relationship when she's off the clock Kurt goes looking for Mystique planning to tell her his identity but he's ambushed by Feral, Cloak and Dagger who try to capture him Mystique helps him hide from them, and they instead hunt other nearby mutants, infecting them with the techno-organic virus, too. Um, when she's off the clock, she's on the cock. <laughs> it's the page turn. The page turn is so funny. There is uh, all the, this information about her and her, like, society and her uh, mercenary... Her, like, mercenary company that also runs the country, kind of. Yeah. And then just page turned to them fucking on the roof. Like, <laughs> the art in this one is amazing. Yeah, the art's really good. It's... Fucking... Nimrod looks menacing. That's such a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. But, like, all these panels <laughs> where it's, like, a close-up on his, like, eyes, like, doing the lens flare. It's so good. Just, like, really nice shading. The first page where he shows up, he also looks cute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, like, big. The full, full body shot of him. Well, that's, like, part of his deal, I think. I think that with the original designer wanted to make him look like he could be, like, a toy to be friendly to humans or whatever. It really works in this one. The, the like the the toy like look followed by like close up of his sinister lens yeah. flaring eyes. Yeah, it's like it does that shit with like the alternating textures where like when he's when he's drawn like in the glossy way versus like the the really like shaded way. It makes me see the appeal of Nimrod's design. Claremont definitely definitely had like Nimrod becoming a good guy plan because like he shows up. He gets lost, he moves in with a family, and he just is tutoring this young boy, like, all the time, and he, like, only kind of knows he's Nimrod, and he's often very bad at, like, finding mutants or finding information. (laughs) He just acts as a regular superhero for a while before he finally finds the mutants and fights them. There's potential. There's there's the seeds of potential for a Nimrod face turn, like... I like, don't think we'll ever see one now, but I think like <laughs> that early version of Nimrod, I think was was nicer in a in an interesting way, like a more co- a different kind of complicated. But now he's got like that professor's like personality bonded on him or whatever. Yeah, this is like a different Nimrod, really. I guess. Yeah, 
I want to say, because uh, uh, we open up on this, like, sequence where Nightcrawler is, like, fighting a deviant kaiju. And, uh, you know, there's, like, this Orcus narration. And, you know, in this, this looks great immediately. Like this, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Dark, like, kaiju monster. And then, like... Once again, like size, the, the the quips Sizebury comes up with for Nightcrawler are just like still so good. Like when he says, "Say no to bad drugs." <laughs> Say no to bad <laughs> drugs is my favorite it's, of them. It's <laughs> it's such a uh, like twenty twenty three. We we know we we can't just be saying no to drugs. You know, <laughs> have to specify the bad ones. <laughs> Also, there's a... So, while you were sleeping, the world changed moment. The bad drugs. <laughs> there's, like, uh, my favorite stupid thing is uh, I Heart NY t-shirts that have a logo that makes absolutely no sense. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a I Orcus <laughs> logo NY. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a... Um, I think it was Iron Fist comic from a few years ago where someone had an I Fantastic Four logo NY. It's just like, makes no sense. But it's just so... St- I, know, I know they do them in real life as it well. It looks like it says just, Tony. It really does. <laughs> but it's just like the exact sort of stupid merch that would be made and would be sold because like it is. Yeah. We do get it explained sort of like why the Stark Sentinels aren't interfering, because like they can't they can't see or detect Nightcrawler, it appears. But it's kinda like funny just have the Stark Sentinels just standing around while like a big kaiju's attacking the coast and a mutant's teleporting around and they're just there. <laughs> it's it's a real propaganda loss for them, like they have not <laughs> Yeah, they're not doing anything about the kaiju. <laughs> and they have no interest in it. The the deviant kaiju is called Garp the Intugament, which is just like, it's a good comic book name to me. Like, that's comic books. Vulture also looks very cool He looks cool sick, here. like when he's pouring the like coffee, old. yeah. Oh, yeah. The art in this book is incredible. I think this issue has, has, has sold me on Orcus Vulture. Uh, I'm... I'm I've I've come round. I, initially, I was like, this could be anyone, but then I was like, nah, this it's cool that it's Vulture. It still could be like any science Spider-Man villain, but like, it is cool that it's Vulture. Yeah, <laughs> he looks really great in every drawing he's in. He with that big nose, and he's kind of like Weasley in yeah. his demeanor. It's like a real Vulture. It's they're the weasels of the sky. <laughs> Everyone is always saying that. I don't. I don't think I realized before this that, uh, or I don't know if this was like known or whatever. Like I don't know this character super well, but that Silver Sable's real name is Sylvia Sablinova. It's it's Marvel That's comics. Like it's Black Black yeah, it's Black it's Victor Von Doom. Like uh, this. This character was created early in Marvel comics. <laughs> The, the mercenary company that owns a country, there's still a bit of like, well, look, it was founded by a Nazi hunter, so like, <laughs> it's kind of okay. Like, it feels, a, I mean, and this is another thing that's probably like 
60 years of history, but it does feel a bit like these, these are the woke mercenaries. We can, like... I, I mean, I don't think we're supposed to think, like, Silver Sable is a oh, good guy no. in any way. No, yeah. And, like, all the rest of her crew definitely just want to get Nightcrawler and don't really care. Yeah. But it's just, like, there's a little bit of wiggle room for you to be like, oh, she's not too bad. <laughs> she could be worse. She could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> She's only being paid by the Nazis. <laughs> She's not one of them. This was a great use of data page here, where it's just like the lyrics to this song that they're singing. Oh, yeah, like, the Lila Cheney song they're talking about. Um, I looked up Lila Cheney because I was like, is this real? Oh, I love Lila Cheney. She's great. And I discovered that Lila Cheney is, is like Dazzler 2, basically. Um, a, 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 a mutant... Um, she, she's more Singer. punk, yeah. I think. She's more punk. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah punk I'm looking Dazzler. at her now. She dates Cannonball for a while in the original New Mutants run. Hmm. And her power is that she can teleport across dimensions, but only to places that she considers a home. Or across, the, across the universe, not across dimensions. <laughs> but, like, the fun thing about her power is she can teleport... But she can't do short range. She at can't all. do short range. She can only and on like super a stellar level. Yeah, yeah. So if she wanted to teleport from like one side of New York to the other, she has to teleport to the other side of the galaxy and then back to to move that small a distance. She owns it's like really a cool. biome that's encased in like like a, it's a ship. It's a planet sized ship or whatever, but it's all on the inside. Kind of Hell like yeah. in Gundam, um, and sh- that's where she teleports to. I, I really love the idea of like not being able to do short range teleporting, so <laughs> yeah. you have to go like. Oh, in Sins of Sinister, her like biome thing was the last um, refuge oh. of mutants before, the, or like free mutants before they were yeah. all taken, aside from Storm's Brotherhood. It's gonna make me sound like a pervert. I always enjoy seeing <laughs> sex scenes in comics, but like I think I think comics should be like sexier. Like whenever there was that Iron Man honeymoon issue, we were saying how embarrassing it is to to like be reading a comic and like open it to like Emma Frost and Tony Stark making sex faces at each other while like Emma Frost in a bikini. Like I would rather open the comic book to like this, you know, like. <laughs> The people are begging for Volcel Tony Stark. <laughs> but then um, make that a thing. Like then I don't know. Like I feel like you could do something yeah. with that. Write that into the story. Yeah. That Tony Stark yeah. hates sex now. <laughs> uh, I don't think Creepy Crawler is a good nickname. <laughs> no. I don't think it's meant no. to be a good nickname. Um but it but <laughs> It's also great that it's just like I'm still gonna try when we're uh, when I'm on the clock. Like I got a <laughs> reputation to uphold. Like it's a uh, it's very like uh, s- s- Spider Man, Black Cat, or Batman, Catwoman. Like very yeah. much that 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 vibe mm. of thing. Lots of lots of cat themed femme fatales. <laughs> I got nothing more to well, add to that. I just. Uh, really cat burglar, it. you know? 
Just... Yeah, good point. I... Yeah, and then he runs back into Mystique, and she's being chased down by Dagger and Feral, who have been turned into hounds. I yeah. love Dagger's evil techno-organic design. Feral's as well, but like... You know, yeah, it's not super fair. Eh, no, she doesn't this... look as cool. It's like she looks cool, but she <laughs> yeah. doesn't look as cool. It's 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 unfortunate. It's I mean it's a good it's a good scene where they're it's a good uh pose that they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. They they're a good like evil evil hounds team. Yeah. Um And in the last issue when Dagger was talking about how Cloak had gone missing, we find out because Cloak is here. And he's also a hound. And he looks cool as shit, too. Yeah. Like, it looks like stars intersecting inside of his cloak. The art for all the techno-organic hound stuff. Great. Excellent. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, like, the, the rare, like, Leo point at a comic here, because they're in the High Line, the park in New York that I've been to. Oh, <laughs> That's 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 cool. It's like a railway tracks that they converted into a like big long park. It's very oh, cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I've been there. There's a lot of great art near there. It was <laughs> it was like a thing where my family over there were like, oh yeah, this is like the the a thing to do in New York, and it was pretty cool. But it's like very rare to see something in an American comic that I like recognize yeah. from real life. <laughs> so it's like oh nice. The 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 hope soul sword the soul the the sword nightcrawler's glowing sword appears to be able to fix techno organic virus stuff temporarily maybe. <clears throat> uh, I've been calling it the hope saber, but I think they named it last uh, issue and I've totally forgotten. The hope saber's a good one. The hope saber <laughs> appears to be able yeah, to let's call to, it that. <laughs> to to remove the techno organic virus from cloak temporarily. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Mystique immediately <laughs> brutally shoots him through the head. <laughs> the man is laying on the ground, coughing his lungs out. And Mystique she hit, blast him. Hit the dab wrong, and she shoots him for it. Mystique looks great in like shitty clothes, and the the next page where she's just standing with like. Th- th- the Arthur fists, like she's just like <laughs> standing on the edge of the building, covered in trash. Yeah, looks very cool. Yeah, it's true. Mystic is such a good design that she's gonna look like cool, like no matter what she's wearing. Cloak, cloak gets better. Um, the technical fires sloop. Yeah, but it's still hound. Uh, and uh, we find out that Mystique was leading the hounds to uh, other mutants. In order to escape well, herself, trying to lead them away, she says. Uh, I thought the implication was that she was leading them to, like these mutants, so that she could get away. See, I, I, yeah, actually, it's. I guess it's not clear. I, I kind of thought it was like. I think it could go either way. Leading them away from these mutants, she's looking at now. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes um, sense. Because she kind of seems to be like reverted to well you know she's in a state and she's like <laughs> still wants to protect mutants because that's one of her sort of core things but yeah 
Yeah, I think Krakoan era mystique has been retconned, not a ton, like, but just a little bit to be more of a revolutionary than she already was. Yes. Um, because I think in back in her like Freedom Force days, like becoming a government stooge is very different than the mystique we've been seeing like recently even though she had her own motivations back then like it's more complicated than that but you know i mean you can always kind of retcon mystique as like destiny told her to go do something (laughs) yeah which is handy (laughs) destiny said this would work out well so you just you need to go over there and do whatever the page where vulture is bringing immortality to the captured mutants like with like a bright yellow halo around him oh it looks so cool uh, yeah. Oh, works. yeah. And the page before that is like an info dump by the um, anxiety demon. <laughs> the anxiety bamf. The anxiety bamf, who's like, yeah, they're, 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 they're killing your friend to do this. <laughs> uh, or at least torturing him. In the original Nightcrawler miniseries, there are two different alien little blue creatures that look like um nightcrawler introduced and can also teleport um there there are bamps and there are gobbies and that's okay this, this little white one's being a being a gobby interesting i'm i'm not sure They're i'm the, gonna like, mean keep ones. Calling the bamps are the nice ones okay <laughs> no no don't at all that's just for for our one listener who, who is cares, more yeah. x-men than I have at this point. There you go. <laughs> we got another image of like Mystique with a beard mid transformation. Yeah. Is, that was great to see. And Warlock screaming on the last page in that uh, tank. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. My new being created now Warlock theory um, from, from the hints in Children of the Vault and other things. It appears that it's some kind of. The implication is some kind of AI or robot thing, is ascending to Dominion. So, like, mm. Warlock Dominion. You think Warlock is going to be Dominion? <laughs> That's my, a pretty my, good like, idea. I like that. My my most out there bit would be, like, Warlock, like, Schlorps, Nimrod, and, like, then by extension, the rest of Orcus in order to Dominion himself. Um, but I don't think that fits with the Dominion being a pretty nefarious and evil force. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Warlock would be a more chill Dominion. <laughs> well, maybe he just had to pretend to be nast- nasty before this, so then uh, he would lead <laughs> to his operation. You know, being nasty to Mister Sinister because he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, my I don't think it'll actually happen, but it could. Is is Warlock Dominion? And then after the after the final page, uh, we'll see that the next one is gonna be a team up with Spider Man. But mm-hmm. this is the this is the one comic where like I mean sh- that's kind of the story. Yeah, yeah. this is the one comic <laughs> where it makes here. sense and it should be like if if, yeah. if just one of them is gonna team. At the end of the most recent Iceman issue, I believe we see Spider Man fighting one of these hounds. Yeah, Feral's Which- chasing him through Central Park. Which makes me think that Iceman might turn up in... Like, it It, it seems like they're not going to cross over, but it seems like they are going to cover the same ground. <laughs> yeah. May- maybe weird. we'll get an Iceman. I, 
We'll see. How many issues is Iceman getting? Is it four or five? Oh, it gets a fifth one, okay. Yeah. So it's not like it would end before. And this is also getting a fifth. Yeah. This is getting five. Uncanny Spider-Man. X-Men Red 17, written by Al Ewing, art by Yildre Sinar. I hope that's how you pronounce that. Colors by Frederico Blee. After arriving on Arako through the Akara Gate, Apocalypse prepares for a ritual by releasing Vulcan from his Mysterium prison. In a refugee camp in the Autumn Lands, Storm's forces regroup and prepare for a final attack from Genesis, and Storm decides whether or not to use the Uranus trigger. John Ironfire demands to be given the trigger so he can use it, but Storm destroys it instead. John leaves to fight against Blue and his soldiers, and Nova is re revealed to still be alive, but suffering horribly. Apocalypse asks Storm to take part in his magic, and they... create Kararak, a new form of the living land, which challenges Genesis. It slaps. <laughs> yeah, we have to reach a consensus on how we pronounce, because I, I was like, Kararak? Which one? Oh, Ker Kerouac. <laughs> like, like Jack Kerouac. Kerouac. Oh, that I can I can go for Kerouac. Um, I when I read this, I completely or forgot. Maybe I completely forgot that the oh is it Kerouac? Oh yeah, I always so I always switch around mentally the R and the O. Like it would make more sense to me as Kerouac. I guess it's Kerouac. Kerouac. Yeah. It'll Not become the... a more normal word as we say it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by then there's gonna be another anagram of Krakoa introduced. <laughs> yeah, in the seventies when they were saying Krakoa around the office, their lips could barely form those <laughs> those feelings. <laughs> but it didn't say it for that long. <laughs> was it just was it just a giant size or is it, does it ever appear again? Uh, I think I think oh, it Krakoa appeared, appeared like times. once earlier. Well, it doesn't something. come back in the Claremont era. I think he appears in the, uh, the Silver Age once before the giant-sized, and then I know that in um, Gen Generation Next, um, or Generation X, the non-apocalypse one, he's, uh, they use uh, Krakoa and vegetation to create a danger room. Yeah, but by that time they learned how to pronounce Krakoa. That shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, There's also uh, De Deadly Genesis, which is where Vulcan was introduced. Is um, about oh yeah, that's which is the, very important to this people, issue. Yeah, the people who were sent to Krakoa before giant-sized X-Men and failed, and Professor X thinks they all died. Uh, so he, like, wipes their existence from everyone's brains. Uh, classic Professor X-style stuff. Um, that was the, the, the famous introduction of the third Summers brother. They're introduced as a, um, like, di essentially disabled group of mutants where their powers are keeping them from living normal lives. And they're the group that Charles first shows up to and is like, hey, there's this big threat. I'm sending you guys right over there. And he introduces Vulcan to Cyclops for the first time. Um, <laughs> right before sending him to his death. And then he erases Cyclops' memory over it. 
So anyway, when I when I start when I when I started reading this, I completely forgot that all this like Sunfire stuff was set up in the main X Men book. It was just like, oh cool. I like it wasn't like think about that from time to time because I've been like, what is happening with that for a bit? Uh huh. <laughs> I I did not. <laughs> I I I I very rarely think about Sunfire and um whatever. I mean, it is it is look, it is very cool when it happens here. Um, but when I was like skimming the issues or like rereading them for this recording, I was like, oh from from X-Men Red. Like that's that that was what happened before that. But I mean it looked cool in that book, but you know I would have been fine with just seeing it here. <laughs> Wait, this is uh this is Gabriel, not Sunfire, I'm stupid. But the the Sunfire thing comes back at the end, so that's what I was yes, talking yeah. about. Yeah, Sunfire is here. He's just in the cloak right now. Oh, yeah. Not Richter. No Richter. No, no Richter. No Richter. Apocalypse wanted him, but... Yeah, I wanted Richter. He didn't have the Red Triangle training. He was never an X-Man. Yeah, he also, uh, like... Uh, a, a neat thing, which I've realized since you mentioned Deadly Genesis, is that, like... All through these mutants were like some of the first people, like first mutants to be on Krakoa in terms of like comic books. Oh, because yeah, um, Sunfire, Sunfire is, was is on the giant size team. In the giant size team, Storm is of course, and then you have like uh, Vulcan in Deadly Genesis. Um, neat. And then also you have Apocalypse and a demon, um, but like... <laughs> whose, whose name is Orc. Orc. Orc the demon. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a demon. Uh, Orc the demon. My apologies. <laughs> they just spelled it like that. I don't think it actually mattered. <laughs> I feel like it's, you know, like in D&D they have like devils and demons and demons and like... They're, they might just not be allowed to say demon <laughs> No, that's definitely not true. <laughs> yeah. Um, opening page slaps. Tell me, yeah. am I to be your death with with Gabriel Summers, aka Vulcan, smoldering with fire, like this this big the, this melted hole in the ground, and like the casing of Mysterium discarded alongside it. The unbreakable metal broken around him. And then Apocalypse being like, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, you're fire, and I'm going to bind you. <laughs> I assume that's, that's like, the obligation there is I released you from containment, and therefore you, you owe me a debt, is kind of how I read it. Yeah. And he's sort of just using... He's cashing Using in that as spell. a sort of magic, yeah. That that energy of that debt is what is linking them and and allowing him to harness Vulcan's mutant energy for their mutant magic. I, I enjoy Orc just being like, we've all got cool backstories here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Orc, please tell us yours. I'm dying to know. <laughs> His backstory is he got like hit by an axe when he was talking to Apocalypse, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, none of them just... is as cool as 
being cursed by a demon and making you small <laughs> even though you were large before. So you're like Robert now? <laughs> yes. I really, it's very cool that Apocalypse is able to break the Mysterium because, like, I, my reading is, like, because it was forged by mutant magic, mutant magic is, like, a type that can work on it, maybe. And also, because they made it, like, they made it into currency, they, like, weakened it against, like, the way that it was made to me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm... But like, yeah, I yeah, think he you're says, reading that right. And there was the lines, uh, like, back in Sword, Doctor Doom was like, you should not have made this into currency. And also Apocalypse was in that uh, Before the Fall um, heralds. He was like, gold stolen from the gods should not be made into <laughs> currency. So <laughs> um, uh, I'll Al's been playing planning this one for a while, you know? Um But it's yeah, just that like Apocalypse comes along and is like Oh yeah, you guys are all talking about how cool that that metal is over there. Doesn't matter to me. I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna rip it apart. Yeah. <laughs> because he has like more fundamental understanding of the universe than they do. <laughs> it's um in line with how um, Al Ewing tends to write uh, like magic in in his stuff, um, like which when it's not like metatextual story stuff, it's very much based on this idea of like evocative concepts, um, which I think works really well for magic and things like that, uh, like because like effectively like. You, you have evoked this magical material as a coin, that means because I, Apocalypse, know it is only a coin and not the impenetrable thing you've told me it is, I can take it apart. Um, and I, I, like, I like that way that magic is written, I like it being more linked to evocative concepts rather than the sort of, like, uh, 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 sci-fi but with wands. Yeah, going back to the, the classic, like, Earth-Air fire wind um it's very cool and just gathering his his group which uh i i do like that he's like our um i think it's the later bit where it's like uh oh yeah he'll be water and it's like ah that's a bit of a stretch but like it'll do <laughs> or orc is like i don't know about that man but or maybe it's for earth but uh I think there are two different, like, stretch jokes about each of those. And then we go to the the refugee camp where Wrong Slide and Lotus Logos are, like, making everyone uh, little shelters that kind of look like yeah. shit in a way that's really cool. Is It looks so cool. Uh, someone else was helping them at some point, too, because some of them have wood integrated on the roof but that person clearly oh, yeah. stopped helping them. <laughs> and maybe they ran out of mutant juice, you know? I, I like you can, like, see everyone in this crowd shot. Like, there's there's Korra and Sunspot, and everyone, everyone's just about, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, the rabbit is here. I forgot what his name was from the last two. 
it. <laughs> and Blackjack. Benigan. Yeah. Blackjack O'Hare. Blackjack O'Hare. <laughs> I just made one up. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Hot Bunny. Yeah, Hopscotch yeah. Bunnigan. <laughs> You're saying this confidently, and so I'm believing you. <laughs> no, it's Blackjack O'Hare. That's the right okay, one. Okay, yeah, for a second one. I was like, yeah. which, one, which one did you make up? No, yeah, I made up uh, Hopscotch Bennigan. Hopscotch Bennigan. <laughs> So we gotta say it cool. enough, and it's gonna be—it's gonna sound as natural <laughs> and as then it's real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll get added to a Marvel wiki by someone listening, <laughs> and then it'll get put into a book. <laughs> I really like the the like narration here of like you know the different um, fighting fighting went badly, and like the 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 white sword is attacking the Morrowlands and stuff, and then there's the bit like. A few those most attuned to this new world died fighting alongside the rebel guerrillas um, as Genesis har- hemmed and harried them. And it's like another thing of people arriving on Araco and fighting for Araco and therefore having a place on Araco and being like of of this place, um, which I just always like and is a constant thing in this book. And Storm says fuck that i don't need an eternal i'll do it myself yeah john Ironfire wants to to pull the trigger and she says no sir let me do the genocide please can i do it it would it would be so cool do you know how evil these people are they're so evil like the most this this whole thing, I I know we have brought it up a few times over the last couple of episodes, but the 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 button you press to do a genocide <laughs> is also very Doctor Who to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like there's like ten different episodes of Modern Who where the Doctor just does a genocide. Oh, he loves to do that. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you should be doing all that. Um, no, but he's the non-violent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Character. It's fine. As she's destroying the cube, <laughs> there's some great lettering on the page. The shakroom and sh. Yeah, I also really like um, the panel of uh, uh, Uranus fading away. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the connection being severed. I don't feel um, so good, Mr. Stark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just gonna like. Keep sitting around with like Druig being impaled next to him. Yeah, it's like well, back to impaling Druig, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think that I think the deal is Druig heals and then he does it again. Oh, that's yeah, great. He deserves it. <laughs> it's, it's like back to the the impaling Druig factory. It's a li- it's a living. One must imagine Druig happy. <laughs> John Ironfire is super pissed uh, after it gets destroyed, and there is this incredible background character who looks like a Sasquatch. It's really good. With, it's a really uh, good face. Pink eyes. He's so so good. I screenshot it. I tried to make him my Discord icon, um, <laughs> but it like just doesn't line up proportionally great with with like, Discord's the like amount circle. of space of the screenshot. Yeah. So I'm gonna go back and like. <laughs> add background color behind him. 
was gonna say, yeah, he's, it's this character's like a he's 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 a long boy. He's he's not designed for the Discord circle. <laughs> <laughs> you got to compress him down. <laughs> I enjoy John Iron Fire being uh, like <laughs> hating Genesis, like I for for like very understandable reasons. Well, and he's also literally being sent to kill his comrades in our yes. Well, no, he's choosing right? to do well, that. Well, yeah, he's like I understand wanting to have an easier answer a little bit more in his circumstances where he has spent like thousands of years fighting beside these people only to finally like break and go to the other side and like need to and like when he left he didn't he thought that they would keep fighting and would die mm. he didn't know that genesis would like subvert them to her side so that's like and it's if you just press the button you don't have to go and you don't have to see them all yeah, of your friends yeah, exactly. die. And, yeah. I mean, I, it's why bombs are attractive in real life. You you kill from a distance and dehumanizes the process of doing it. You know? God, it's almost like this, this fucking guy is writing some themes in here. <laughs> hey, finding them. <laughs> there's, there's some themes. There's some themes in the book, I think. No, Nova's dying, but he's not dead yet. It's fine. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fucked dying. up. Badly. Eternally, <laughs> he's stuck dying. I do like that Sunspot's like, yeah, but he wouldn't want you to, like, hit the genocide button. I think <laughs> I th- no, Nova being the guy who has, like, fought so hard to save every single person he can and is, like, deeply scarred by the genocide on Xandar. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably really would not like if you press the genocide button. I think Richard Ryder has uh, died and come back to life before too, so he's used to it. Fairly certain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who has this point? Where his his son <laughs> was Nova because he was dead. Yeah. Oh, that was this one. I can't keep. Th- I don't know enough about the Novas to keep track of that. Was this Nova too? I think it's just him. It's just him now. <laughs> oh, the little boy it's, is gone. I think is, he just this... stopped. Being a hero, I don't know. He, oh, okay. he was on the champions. Yeah, I remember that. And Apocalypse is here. I I I really like him striding in, and I really like Death's little speech bubble. That's just father. A question mark. Yeah. Father. <laughs> father. Papa, did I do good? I like the Apocalypse is here guy in the background. Like no shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He he has like if you zoom in, he is his mouth is just a perfect circle. <laughs> yeah, it's like ah, apocalypse is here. He's like the guy at my movie screening of uh, of Barbie who was pointing at the screen and saying John Cena when John Cena was there. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wrong. Me. Um. I understand also that we're not meant to read the panel as like a literal frozen moment in time, but as like a sort of motion through it. But the way the person who was yelling apocalypse here at the back does seem like maybe apocalypse was like really speed walking. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, he just zipped <laughs> past him. He just like, ah! That's a, really, that's a really good vision for apocalypse. A big guy who's also really fast. <laughs> yeah. 
He doesn't run though, he just walks very <laughs> <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> He's got a powerful speedwalker. Yeah. Sunspot's ready to throw hands immediately. <laughs> Respect. Apocalypse seeing death, you've chosen this side, you impress me. Yeah. But that's like all he gets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my one remaining living child. Good job. Now, on to more important things. Life teaches you have learned. Continue your lessons. Yeah. Death is like, <laughs> death is literally says, do you even care? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Apocalypse isn't a great dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, he named all those other people after his kids, so he cared <laughs> some way. I'm not sure I would like my dad to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't come from a warrior culture. Yeah. I think Apocalypse has a complicated relationship with showing people that aren't Richter affection. Even Richter, yeah. he like, just sort of like, he initially he just turns up and is like, hey Richter, you're pretty fucked up, aren't you? Would you like to not be? I mean, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. He wants to find someone broken, and death is like, in his eyes, I don't think broken, you yeah, know? It's... <laughs> He can't fix you. You've already fixed yourself, buddy. You didn't yeah. need your dad. Uh, go, go live some more. You you have no use for my, like, uh, horrifying trials right now. <laughs> and then he's like, Storm, we need your magic. And we're over to John Ironfire again. Who's doing, like, badass counting, which I think a bit silly for me. But <laughs> I, I, I like the idea. He's fighting the hundred, so I feel like it's a little more... Reasonable because yeah, they call themselves just... the the number. Well, it says the ninety nine. Yeah, I'm my ninety nine. Uh, more like ninety eight. More like ninety seven. More like ninety six. It is. It is one of this. <laughs> it's it's fun, but it was also I was like, John Ironfire is you... not a clever man. <laughs> it's just... This is um. This is the I mean, most. It's kind, of, it's kind of what I would say. Like, is the thing. Yeah. If I were like an epic yeah, fighting man, you're fighting the ninety nine too. You probably want to keep track. Yeah, <laughs> actually, fair point. Yeah, you don't want like seven getting away. <laughs> Counting down from one one hundred while you're still like in emotion. I think that's like more difficult than you think. Like I think like once you're like in yeah, the seventies, you're really gonna start to lose track. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not and we don't it. even see him do that yeah <laughs> we should have cut in and he should have been at like 63 <laughs> like it's still an intimidating number but like <laughs> I mean that's next issue we were definitely getting like a page of him at 60 and a page of him at like 2 yeah the whole issue will be framed around him killing the 100 yeah. <laughs> I think there's an interesting thing here on the next page of trust which is a thing that was in Immortal Thor uh, as well, can Thor trust Loki as a villain, mm-hmm. uh, or like, and and as a friend? And this is sort of we like in this specific thing. I do trust you in like wanting something better for Araco. Then we get uh, the the big reveal of Sunfire, which uh, I did kind of think when he planted the seed in X-Men 28, I like just misread that panel. I thought he planted it like directly into Sunfire's chest uh-huh. and that Sunfire oh. was going to be like the, <laughs> the portal <gate>. was hit <laughs> in him. 
<laughs> which would have been cool, but uh, I guess Red Root is there, so you know, no no room for a portal. Yeah, no room for a portal. I also just like that this is like Apocalypse. Um, it's like I'm I'm offering you a different choice, a different way to do this. Um, it's still going to be a fight, but it's going to be like on a different scale in a different way. This is the counterpoint speech, I think, to Captain America's last week of there there are good people on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) There were bad people on both sides. (laughs) No, but like, this is, this is like, I guess I don't mean like this is a one-to-one. I more mean, um, it's like, this is what I would have liked to see out of that speech. Pushing in the direction of a plan within the story rather than like some kind of like platitudes that we've heard in other places before. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then we get to the actual like magic ritual and it's just like, it's the 80s all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah it it's so fucking cool. There's like a full page spread lightning striking happening as it's all going off. And then this collage piece of like images from like apocalypse's early appearances and Mm -hmm. vulcans and storm in like storm and magic miniseries um and other places and and sunfire and orc even gets his own (laughs) panel (laughs) his one noteworthy panel and set a line I feel like this is the only time he's talked other than this issue. <laughs> On the previous page, the apocalypse, like, hands up is such a, like, like 80s, 90s comics character doing magic pose to me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really I, I've seen, fantastic. I've seen a lot, like, old, old, this is, this, this feels like a, a pose I've seen, like, old Doctor Doom panels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and there's like tomatoes too. I th- yes think <laughs> I'm not certain, but they might be pomegranates. I think they're pomegranates. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're probably <laughs> pomegranates. Yeah. But there's like pomegranates and sunflowers and yeah. uh, the most intense spectrum of Kirby dots yeah. you've ever seen, like pushing into this kaleidoscope pattern. Um. It's so cool. Yeah, it rules. I just have a note that uh, Savonar is a big lad. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, this, it's like, I feel like you do, I don't realize. And then it's just like him standing next to Genesis yeah, and being he like has, 14 like, foot tall. The face of a small guy. Yeah. 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 He has, he's a funny little guy. He's a funny little he's guy. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but big. Yeah, he used to be small, like but then a, isn't small. a demon stretched him up. <laughs> uh, also, they have the Ten Towers already set, started on Arako Prime. They're already going towards it. And then uh, fucking Kerak, the, the island that walks like a mutant. Yeah. One of the um, dumb comments I saw that I just was uh, I can't believe that this uh, series that's been so like dialogue heavy and uh, 
like interesting is going to end with a big kaiju fight. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that 20 pages of next issue will be this fight. Yeah. I would not be worried about that. And if that. it will be, I also don't mind. <laughs> Considering yeah. the last kaiju got struck down by lightning in one or two pages, we're probably okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, wasn't it uh, Immortal Hulk that had like an issue that was like just fight double page spreads? Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. That sounds right, but I don't know the exact issue. But that's because there were four, like fifty of them. So. Yeah, I think that because I think the the title of it was like there was like a cold open, and then it said uh, pages two to twenty oh, fight was... that they fight or something like that. <laughs> was there a recent Venom issue that was like also page one to seventeen oh, they fight? Or maybe something? I'm mixing it up with. I mean, yeah, Immortal Hawk also had those fights, but yeah, the the, the one I'm thinking of was Venom. Yeah. And it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm there for that. I'm just saying, like, Al Ewing isn't above like huge kaiju fights. Yeah. If it need be. Yeah. I just but think yeah, uh, no, it's there will also be a a philosophical <laughs> decision reached during this fight that will be impactful to the future of an entire. Yeah, planet I don't know how you can that, like uh-oh. turn the page and not think this is the sickest shit you've ever seen, like. <laughs> Slaps. I don't want to be. It's going to be so bad if there's going to be a big fight now. Like I, I don't know what how that is your problem. Well, I think it probably will be a big fight, but it, like the cover for the next issue just shows a yeah. big group shot of the team. So I think they'll probably all get a moment in the sun, and it might be either them all doing whatever their thing is, where they make their last stand, or. Is eighteen gonna be the last one before? Yes, I think so. Because I think after that, it's um the resurrection. It's actually thirteenth of December is when the, which is exactly uh, a month from now. Okay. Oh man, I'm just looking at that last page of 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 red with storm like. Hovering in the in the in the eye of Karak. It's good. That's so good. It's, it's so, good. so funny that like Ra- raise your island and fight. Yeah. Seventeen issues in, we're still not <laughs> getting sick of Storm just doing epic shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it still hits every single time. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it is quite <laughs> impressive to do that because, like, quite often when it's, like, the part of the deal is, like, the hero then does some epic shit and solves it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. It, it, it can drastically lower the stakes sometimes, but it never feels like the stakes have been lowered by Storm doing uh, uh, big stuff. I think yeah. the stakes have, over time, been raised appropriately to her level. It's just Storm was living in year 3000 back in 1985. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say relatively light week, but like it's it's like a million next week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, going to be... Yeah, a story six. happened, so I'm not mad about that. Yeah, yeah, this, this is uh, a, good, a, good, a good two-week spread of comics. 
four. Next next week is the end of Jean Grey and Children of the Vault. Yeah. That's going to be oh, good. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and also oh. Astonishing Iceman and Half of Flight. Like, Astonishing Iceman and Half of Flight still get a fifth issue. All right. What have y'all been reading in the last couple weeks that you would like to... Um... I've been reading Jonathan. Well, I've read the whole now of Jonathan Hickman's uh, like creator-owned long-term project from a while ago, uh, East of West, uh, which is an alternate history um, western centered around the Horsemen of the Apocalypse and bringing about the apocalypse. It's um, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, the art is really good and really works for like what the what the series does. It's got a lot of very fun concepts. Um, if you don't like alt history stuff that bases itself on real history, uh, you won't like this. Um, <laughs> but if if you do enjoy that kind of thing, and if you do enjoy like you know death being a cowboy stuff like that, you'll probably enjoy it. I like it's, cowboy um, shit. Yeah, like it's Westerns. got a lot of cowboy shit. It's got sci-fi cowboy shit as well, which is fun. <clears throat> um, it's pretty good. It's, yeah, that uh, one is definitely on my, on my list to read. Yeah, same. Uh, same I need to finish yeah. up a couple of other things first, though. Uh, I shout out... Uh, it's lonely at the center of the earth <laughs> to take a second to remember the title. Um, even though she says, like, she makes a joke at the beginning that, yeah, that, that title is going to be really easy to Google. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's an autobiographical, uh, part autobiography, part, like, essay, uh, like, personal essay comic from Zoe Thorogood dealing with her struggles with suicidal depression and just like being completely lost in the world uh, like throughout the whole book like it's like it starts with like her being like at a breaking point after a suicide attempt and then like she's like basically like yeah i'm gonna keep writing this book as like a thing to keep me alive basically and uh throughout the entire book she kind of like argues for the for and against the existence of it it's it's so good it's really funny. Her art is amazing. Like, she just constantly shifts between different art styles, like, sometimes from panel to panel. You know, works really effective for, like, the type of, like, emotional turmoil she's portraying. Definitely gonna be, like, if you've struggled with, like, any sort of mental illness, there's definitely gonna be bits where you're, like, gonna be recognizing things um or like i was gonna say relating to it but then there's there's also like it's it's just like really self-reflective like there's a bit where she's like at a convention and everyone keeps walking up to her uh, like saying that your work is so relatable like until the word like doesn't mean anything to her anymore <laughs> um, so it's really great stuff i it put me in a space where I want to read everything she does after this because she's like really young she's like 23 or 24 um 
Oh, wow. And she has like a mini series going on right now, but they didn't have the first issue. Like it was already sold out at my comic shop. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, really good. I've literally only seen like uh, a few panels, but it's uh, it's one that I'm gonna pick up like uh, as the physical book. Um, as yeah, you as gotta I get it in physical. Get get like get to a comic book shop that stocks it. The the um, physical just, joy of the page turns is just so like so like good. Like it's like it's like really effective in in the physical form. So I haven't read a ton. This last couple week, but I did start Black Hammer. My recommendations uh, yeah. are so often gonna just be other people's, <laughs> but later on in the podcast, uh, and I'm really liking it. I thought I really do- am digging it. I thought it was gonna be like a lot more book in terms of pages, yeah. based on how you described it, Janos. But like the framing device works really well, and they they put the story together. Or Jeff Lemire ends up putting the story together in a way that's like super cohesive and like gives you information in a way that you're just like still wanting more as it's coming out, you know. Um, and then I also want to sh- shout out a friend's webcomic. It's called Proville. Um, it's about a villain and a pro hero who are like, like they have an enemies to lovers romance type of deal, <laughs> and it's cute and uh, it's very like graphic art that's very illustrative and it's my friend elizabeth Deppman's comic great shit so. cool um i i have just continued to read i finished the first stormlight archive book and then read the whole second one um and now i'm like a quarter of the way through the third one um i think like Brandon Sanderson writes like the battle shonen of high fantasy to me, where like the climax of every book is someone like declaring their ideals and going super sane because of it. <laughs> and uh, it kicks ass to me every time. Um, and it's just like, I don't think he like has the best prose or anything, but it's very easily read there's a lot of like different mysteries that are being sort of unfolded over this 10 book series that there's four books out of (laughs) and there's a bunch of like different factions going in the background um that's all very fun and it's quite nice at the minute because i've read the four books that are out uh, sometimes I just get I see someone's name come up and I'm just like I look them up on the wiki and see what their deal is because I know I know but I don't fully remember and then it'll be like oh yeah this person is secretly uh, this or uh, their only line is that one thing that I just read and it's like oh okay well never mind um, but I'm just very in the mood for that at the minute um, I'm feel like it's a recurring theme of i just go from one thing to the other that i'm like going hard on and yeah. like reading a thousand page book in like a few days um is is fairly typical <laughs> of that but uh it's kind of like ah, uh, I, I i meant to catch up on all the like Cosmere, which is like the shared universe stuff uh, a couple of years ago, and then I got like 
sidetracked and hopefully this time I'll actually do it and then I can read because it's like the fifth book is meant to come out next year and it's going to be like the end of this arc and then there's going to be like a time skip and also in real life he's going to wait like six years before he writes another one uh, so I, I would like to be all caught up and uh, read that when it comes yeah, he's out going to take and... a break to write 30 more books of something else oh yeah no like he, he he has like a very consistent it's just been every three years he's put out a stormlight except it's four years between the last one and this next one but like yeah he he has all the shit planned out until fucking 2050 that's wild and i believe that he will like just get it all done um not to you know I think, like, the, the comparisons to George R. R. Martin are stupid, uh, but it is very nice that I just know that, like, yeah. every year there'll be a new Brandon Sanderson yeah, I book. That. And, I mean, they just have or, a or very different creative process. Like, the George doesn't, oh, yeah. Yeah. doesn't have, like, anything planned out, or is he's always, like, trying to find the story. So it's like... When yeah, it's like, you, you can... You can just look up who the like main POV character is going to be for all ten of these books, and like what, 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 what like faction it's going to focus on and stuff because that's just stuff he's said and like he just answers questions at fan like conventions that are like every uh, like trivia section on the wiki just has like. This was an answer given at uh, a signing for this book in 2019, or like, I don't know. It's all very. He is just an industry to himself. I'm not even recommending his <laughs> books because I feel like it's like recommending The Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, it's like if you if you know you already are yeah, listening it, to Taylor probably. Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just having a very good time, like rereading these books. He has progress bars of how much he's written of of the books that he is writing I can't on his website. This man. He annoys me so much. <laughs> like... <laughs> I do, there are just like you're not uh, supposed to be dysfunctional. Tries... <laughs> I I I do uh, hate any time he tries to be like properly funny also <laughs> i think he's terrible at that when he writes like serious like serious stuff it's good um when he like tries to be silly and funny i think he's very bad yeah at it. <laughs> uh my friend uh sarah is uh, like always just like gets really mad when he writes about artists because uh he doesn't seem to understand how the artistic process works at all for like people who are not him. <laughs> okay. I think that is it for this week's episode of Hated and Feared. We are going to talk about Uncanny Avengers 4, Dark X-Men 4, Jean Grey 4, <laughs> Children of a Vault 4, Alpha Flight Four and astonishing Iceman four. Um, next time on episode thirteen.
Damn, we should have gotten that. How did we not get episode 14 for the fours? <laughs> Come on. I'm blaming Disney for that one. Damn it. We, we've, there's, there's a special number in, in this episode for our, our just now announced ARG. If you listen closely to the fours, <laughs> you might hear it. Yeah, I mean, 14 is also not a multiple of four, so it's that wouldn't really... But it's got a four in it. It's I'm got a four a in it, yeah. I'm just it should be best. like four. It should be episode 44. <laughs> it should be episode four. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been on four. Yeah, we should have gotten episode four by now. We skipped that one. Uh, okay, and uh, my wonderful co-host, Shigano, Kiwi, and Holly, do you guys have anywhere else... That people can find I you on the internet. internet. And I'm not even posting no. anymore. Um, I do Hard not. Same. <laughs> I just want to sh- shout out um, Nick for editing these episodes because uh, again, Nick. like, yeah, it's you do it <laughs> so we don't have to. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I like it. Um, and then. Our intro and outro are Welcome to My Island by Caroline Polachek. We are part of Good Episode Productions, and we will be back probably in a week. Um, It just depends on how busy my life gets. Yeah. Resist. 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 When you tire of the public persecution of mutants, then he invites you to join him and fight. Testing me, hmm? All right then, it's time you remembered why they call me Storm! Which soon will be more than I can say for you! And if you can believe it... No one takes Juggernaut anywhere. How about you, Kurt? Got a special gift that brought you here? Maybe. Whoa. Who is that guy? He's called Sunfire. He's a mutant like Firestar and me. We tangled once. No good variants in the Marvel Snap store. <laughs> I um I actually got the uh, uh season pass for this one. Um which I haven't in ages. Because I really enjoy, well, one, Ms. Marvel's a cool card, and, and two, a bunch of Peach Mocha variants. I can't turn that down. <laughs> yeah. I, I I kind of end up getting every season. Yeah, that's but, what uh... I've been doing until I was on vacation. Then, like, I wasn't playing it for two weeks when the season started, and I was like, well, no, that one... And now I'm just like completely like I don't know where the meta is at this point. It's, Maybe it's um, gonna be more fun to me now that I have like more to catch up on. Uh, ongoing's going wild uh, at the moment. I think that's 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 the big thing because of Miss Marvel Ooh. and oh the ongoing is that like a good card for yeah. that? Yeah, um, Spectrum got a buff, and the new Miss Marvel card is. A, a very good ongoing what does, card. What does she do? Um, Plus five to any location where you have unique ca- card costs. So it's like if you have one 
a one cost card and a three cost card, but you don't have two of the same cost. So okay, uh, yeah, it it gives a buff. Um, I fell off so long ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I think it was the Spider Ham season or the one after that because I was just like I hadn't played very much for a couple seasons. Yeah, and I felt like I just didn't have the cards to. Keep yeah, that's playing. exactly what's happening to me now. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of stuff has recently been, like, nerfed and reshuffled, so this might be a good time to get... Yeah, it's going to be a, compl- know, it's gonna again, be a completely new meta if I ever come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's also, like, the, the way the spotlight cash works now, you can just, like... Yeah, that's true. Wait until cards come along that you like and stuff. And also, well, I don't know, because I'd still just play, like... I don't know, 10 games a day, just across the day. So I'm always maxing out the season pass and shit. (laughs) So I don't really... It's hard for me to It is the only video game I've ever bought, like, in-game purchase shit for before. Like, I've I've bought the season pass for it a couple times. I wish that was true for me. (laughs) But... You're so smart, so talented, but now the water's turning red and it's all your fault. It's all your mess and you're all alone You can't go to bed too high on your adrenaline You gotta go somewhere where you can't pretend Or forget the rules, forget your friends Just you and your reflection Cause nothing's gonna be the same again No, nothing's gonna be the same again